الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we discussed the aspect of making our life and we also discussed how many people who are far away from deen far away from islam also then they come into deen and how they wholeheartedly take on everything and feel so comfortable, feel so good about what they have been given and they don't want to even look at the filth and the evil that they left behind. They are fully and wholeheartedly into deen. We discussed the incident in France about the woman in niqab and the Arab girl that was now making comments against her. We discussed that incident and in a similar manner you would have heard many, many incidents of this nature. So what we discussed was that mashallah, these people have come into deen, they've come fully into deen, they have seen what damage the free life did to them and now they appreciate entirely what Islam has given them. Unfortunately, what happens is that due to the propaganda of the West, due to the media, whatever other things that are influencing our minds, many people have a very negative idea and a very wrong idea about what Deen is all about. And as a result, many things that we do in life is dictated by the ideas we have in our minds. Depending on what kind of idea we have, accordingly we start thinking in that manner. For example, one of the things that the West has given, and the West has failed at all the things it has given, but the West has given some things, and everybody latches onto it because of the way it is propagated, because of the way it is pushed down people's throats, because of the way their minds are altered to accept this. One of the things that is really a big, among the biggest money makers in the world is the advertising industry. It's just on the side I'm saying something to get to the point that advertising is among the biggest money spinners. It runs in the billions. And at the top of the advertising industry, people who run the really big advertising industry, big time, they are people with PhDs in psychology. People who are at the top of the advertising industry one is small, small things at the bottom, but those who are really in the big end of things. 
There are people who are running these things, are people with PhDs. Now they've gone through their doctorate and whatever else. In what? In psychology. Now, a person who is in advertising, what does he have to do with psychology? Because that is what advertising is all about. How to influence a person's mind. So now they use that skill that they have learned of how to turn the mind. They use it for advertising. So something that is worthless is advertised in such a way that a person now wants to now have it. We discussed the incident once about a person who wants to, wanted to sell his horse. He was having endless problems with the horse. The horse was very rebellious and the horse was now not taking any instruction. Whatever he's trying to make the horse do, the horse is doing the opposite and it eats more than normal horses eat and uh, it was always getting sick and so many different things were happening to that horse. So he decided to sell it off. So he came to the marketplace and there was an agent there. Many agents, they like market things off for people. So now in those days, there was some person there, he was like an agent. So this person came to the uh, agent and said, I want to sell this horse. Now the agent's job is to sell it, he'll get his commission. He is not interested in what is the reality and how good or bad that horse is. So he just started selling off the horse. Now he's advertising, he's shouting. Now people gathered around, so he's giving all the great good qualities about the horse. Now this was his job, that he must sell. Whether it's true or not, he was not interested. That is also a big uh, tragedy that many a times we also don't care about whether we are following what is right or wrong. We must get the end result done. Anyhow, whatever happens. So this person also started now repeatedly giving all the good qualities of the horse. And he's saying this is such an obedient horse and he never gets sick at all. And this horse is something that you it can run fastest, the fastest horse and it hardly eats. Now this person who brought the horse to sell it, he now, the, the agent was doing this in such a way and in such a convincing way that the owner himself said, you know what, if my horse is so good, I don't want to sell it. Please, I've cancelled the sale. Give my horse back. And he brought the horse and came away. Now he knew all the faults about the horse. He knew what is the problems. He knew how much is troubling him. But despite that, he got caught up with the propaganda. His mind turned with the convincing way in which all the lies were being put through. So the lies were being put through in a very convincing way and he swallowed it. His own horse, he had all the problems with it and he came away. Likewise, this is again, we're just digressing a little bit, but since this point came up, often we know ourselves. Not often, we, know, we obviously know ourselves. We know all the problems we have within us, all our weaknesses, all our sins, all the issues we have, everything we know. But yet, despite that, if somebody has to just praise us a little bit, we forget all our faults within us. And we ourselves also start thinking that we are good. We also start thinking we are somebody. Because somebody just gave some praise. Whereas we know everything within us. We know all the problems we have. So, likewise, this horse person, this owner of the horse, he brought the horse and came away. The same thing happens, unfortunately, about the propaganda that the West keeps pushing out. What? 
that those who have this freedom, they can do what they want, they are not obliged to listen to their parents, they must have a career, and they must do what they wish, and as a result they will be very happy, they will have a wonderful life. Now that is the biggest lie, but this biggest lie, or among the biggest lies, is proper, the propaganda of this lie is put forward in such a way, that those who have the truth, those who have the real life, those who have what it takes and makes, uh, takes to make a life really worth living, they too get caught up with this propaganda. Now when they get caught up with this propaganda, what is the end result? The end result is they start doubting themselves. They start looking down upon that beautiful life that Allah Ta'ala has blessed them with. That way of life, that Nabi Islam some thoughts. Now they start looking at the West, we don't have what they have. So now a person, for a woman for example now, a girl now, she's growing up, and she's looking now, everybody else, they're doing something, somebody is becoming that cousin, now she's becoming a doctor, and that cousin is becoming a lawyer, and that friend or that friend's daughter is becoming so and so, what am I becoming? Now, where did this come from? It came from the propaganda of the West. You must become something. Become in inverted commas. You must become something. So, become something is in inverted commas. But now, everybody is becoming something. But what are they becoming? That is a separate issue altogether. What are they becoming? Many of them are becoming Allah forbid what not. In the process of becoming doctors and lawyers and uh, whatever else, what not they are becoming. They are becoming those who are most distanced from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. This is not a general rule, but the cases that come up, in the light of that this is being said, that some are becoming such that they are losing their iman. Some are not giving up their iman, but they are losing their deen entirely. They are losing their shame entirely. They are losing every value that deen has taught. The only thing that is their object of life is that now they must have just some thrill and fun. And now, well, they have to study something so they go to carry on studying. Besides that, the object is this thrill and fun. So-called thrill and fun. But in the end, what is happening? What is the end result of it? That they are totally, they become like, it's sad to use the example, but this is a reality just for us to understand it in its correct perspective, just like toilet paper used and thrown away. This is unfortunately the situation that is out there. Now, in the midst of all this, what is the thing that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with? That we have a direction. A person may think, what direction I have? Somebody is becoming a doctor, they got a direction. Somebody is becoming a lawyer, they got a direction. Somebody is becoming something else, they got What direction do I have? Where am I headed to? Are you are headed to what is the object of life. They are headed to, they don't know where. There's one degree, one paper. But then what? What have they made of their life? And what you are headed to is the real life. What we spoke about last week, that how to make that life and the real life. 
Now, how many people live just up to their mid-twenties, thirties? Every now and again, you hear of somebody passing away. Some male passed away, some female passed away. How old? 25 years old, 30 years old, 35 years old, 40 years old. So, any age, whether it's 20, whether it's 30, whether any age, people are going. Now, somebody who earned that degree, and they suddenly life came to an end, what did they earn? What did they take along? What was their direction? Nothing. And somebody who made their direction, Allah Ta'ala. The pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Their direction is the Akhirat. Allah Ta'ala says, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرُ وَأَبْقَى The tragedy is that you, O insan, you give preference to the worldly life Whereas the Akhirat is khayrun. Khayr, it is best in every regard. There is nothing that can compare to it. And it is eternal. And dunya, dunya is in, term, in, in comparison to the Akhirat, it is like a dumpyard. Comparison to Akhirat, dunya is like a dumpyard. Like a place where all the dump is just dumped. The real place is Akhirat. And it is very, very temporary. We are here today and sometimes we are gone today. So the real direction is that a person has made the Akhirat their direction. And this Akhirat, when they get this Akhirat as their direction, then they have a direction. Now their life becomes worthwhile. Their life becomes really something that is filled with meaning. It is not just a rat race that they are in. Chasing after this and chasing after that and that fun and that thrill and that excitement and just chasing and you can't find it. Because every time you think you got it, there's something now, a vacuum again and there's that emptiness again. Now you could fill the emptiness now. What next? And this phone and this and the internet and this novel and there's no end to it. person just keeps going in the rat race. So now try to fill that vacuum with some career and with this and with that. But nothing, it's just a void, it's just an emptiness which a person is trying to artificially keep filling. And that will never happen, artificial things can't fill. person needs to eat, he cannot eat an artificial fruit, it won't fill his stomach, it won't give any nutrition, he has to eat what is real. So only those people have a life who know what is their direction. And the direction is akhirat, the direction is the hereafter. So now they make their life worthwhile. Last week we had discussed the incident of one of those people in France and I had mentioned that that Sheikh who was there in the Ijtima, he mentioned several incidents. So one more incident that he had mentioned which is very, very inspiring, I will mention that incident. For us to understand that those who have understood their direction or understood it, way took them. So he spoke about one person in France. He was a new Muslim and then he got married to a woman also who had come newly into Islam. She was very highly educated in inverted commas in terms of dunya. Coming from a very wealthy family. Very highly educated. Any case, they got married and in time, they now started raising their family. 
But this lady had come totally into deen. No half measures. And he explained thereafter that his wife used to visit them regularly, visit the wife of his friend, this lady who had come into Islam, and they had gone out in Jamaat jointly as well. So the sheikh who was giving the talk, he says his wife used to explain that this woman is unique in so many ways, and the one very unique thing is that there's no time wasted with her. She's friendly, she's happy with everyone, but there's always something beneficial that she's passing on. And her home is like a madrasa. She's teaching her children, she's teaching them deen, she's talking to them about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Some visitor comes, then that visitor also cannot leave or will not leave from there without having heard something about deen, something about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, obviously in a way that is befitting and appropriate. But this was her manner of conducting herself and now she had a direction. The direction was Akhirat. She had a career. The career was to become the true servant of Allah Ta'ala. This was the career. The true servant of Allah Ta'ala. How many people become servants of Shaitan in acquiring a career of dunya? She became, she acquired the career of becoming a true servant of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, time went on, and they had gone to Pakistan, this sheikh and his family and this friend of his with his wife, etc. They had gone in Jamaat, etc. They had come back and she got very sick. When she got very sick, the doctors were consulted and they found that she has advanced cancer. Cancer of a very advanced level. And together with that, she... Well, they, they didn't have much hope that she's going to be able to survive this. So any case, when they came home, so now the doctor was giving this whole detail to the husband separately. So she called the husband and she said to him, that look, I have overheard what the doctor said. And what the doctor said was, that I don't have long that I'm going to survive. Allah knows best. Life is in Allah Ta'ala's hands. But... Uh, Apparently, I don't have much time left to live. So, I want to complete my deen before my life goes. So now he was astounded. What do you mean by complete your deen? MashaAllah, you are fulfilling all the obligations of deen. And your whole life is in deen. Your day and night is spent in deen, in dawat, in talim. You're teaching your children. You're talking to anybody who comes about deen. And that house was such that anybody comes, they'll get busy with some tasbih, they'll... So, mashallah, what are you referring to about completing your deen now? So she said, well, I haven't yet made hajj. And I need to make my hajj. So he said, very well. So the next day, he went to the Saudi embassy in France. To now apply for a visa. But it was already, the it was in Zulqada already, to the late part of Zulqada. When he got there, the Saudi embassy in France, they said that the instruction has come to us from the ministry in Saudi Arabia itself, that now all visas are closed. It is too close to Hajj. It is now just already Zulhijjah has come in. It is too close to Hajj. And therefore, uh, no more visas are to be issued. Or it was close to Zulhijjah already. So he came back home and very sad 
but he said to his wife that look this is beyond any of us now that now the reply has been that the visas have closed so there are no more visas that are going to be issued this year Allah Ta'ala give life inshallah next year we will try so when he, she heard this she did not get affected by it she said no I got to go for Hajj and I will spend the night making dua to my Allah Ta'ala now, this is a lesson for us to learn we feel down sometimes we feel that there is apparently no way for something but then what do we do we just sit and brood about it what is that going to help we just start becoming anxious and worried about some things how is that going to help is that going to make any difference to anything sitting and just worrying about something it's natural to feel concerned but now a person is just rewinding and rewinding that in their minds is that going to help is that going to make any difference the difference it will make a difference it will only make the person feel worse that's the difference it will make by constantly now rewinding the same thing in the mind, just thinking about it, but why and how and what next and what will happen in the future, the only difference it will make is, it will make a person feel worse. But what is to be done is, that now start turning the attention to Allah Ta'ala. Strengthen and develop the, develop and strengthen the contact and the link with Allah Ta'ala. And beg of Him, because He is the control of everything. And he is the one that makes the means available for whatever needs to be done. So she turned her attention the whole night she spent in dua. And repeatedly begging Allah Ta'ala. The next day, the embassy sent out a message, the embassy in France, the Saudi embassy in France, that there has been a, an invitation from the king for new Muslims of France to perform the Hajj this year. So only those who have come into Islam newly, the king is inviting them, obviously they have to apply, and there will be a selection, whoever applies, there will be a selection, and they will be taken for Hajj, at the king's expense. So he immediately went, this message came around, he immediately went and applied, and in a day or two, the selection was already made, and their names were the top of the list, the first of the selection. Now, just now, one day before, or a few days before, the visas were closed. There was nothing. But this woman's yaqeen, and her turning to Allah Ta'ala, she linked herself to the king of all kings. So when she linked herself to the king of all kings, the king of kings turned the heart of the king, the small king of dunya. That you must open the visas, let alone open the visas, you must bring the people. Now why France of all people, the whole world, now they chose France that year. Suddenly out of the blue, the whole Hajj season is now coming to its peak. Now out of the blue, they suddenly thought of inviting the new Muslims of France. It never occurred to anybody before that. At the 11th hour now, suddenly they are putting forward this invitation. So it might sound like a coincidence, but there is no coincidences. This Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Allah Ta'ala answered the dua of this one woman. Now they got invited, so now the tickets paid for, the accommodation in Medina Sharif, they first went to Medina Sharif for that few days, the excellent accommodation very close to the Haram Sharif, paid for by the king, in Makkah Sharif everything paid for by the king, and all the facilities in the 
for the five days of Hajj, all provided. Now, one woman turned her attention to Allah Ta'ala. She and many others also got, so to say, thrown in. And they are guests of the king of dunya because she linked herself to the king of kings. Now, everything was done. She, mashallah, completed Hajj. And the husband later on narrated to say that during the days of Hajj, it was as if she had no illness. She was performing all the rites, whereas she was very sick before that. She was performing all the rites of Hajj without any difficulty. And as if she had no illness. And finally, the Hajj was completed. They returned home. After some days at home, she fell down. When she fell, she broke her some lumbar, whatever, any case she fell and she got badly hurt and she went into a, some sickness. So they had to rush her to the hospital and they had to perform an operation on her which took about seven hours. After the operation, when she came around, the husband came and asked her, how are you feeling? So she replied and said, that, what can I tell you how am I feeling? My heart is bursting with noor. I cannot contain the happiness and I cannot contain the, the light within me, the noor. So this is a different thing. It's not something that can be explained in words. So he said, what, what do you mean? So she said that this operation took place from the time that this operation started. I was put unconscious and from the time that this operation started or I was put unconscious, the vision of Rasulullah appeared before me. And for the entire duration while I was in the state of the, they had put me unconscious in this anesthetic, for this entire duration while that operation was on, I could see this vision in front of me and I have never seen anybody like this ever in my life. And throughout that time I was being imbibing that noor that was being generated. And when the operation was done, when I came around, this vision disappeared. So I am just desiring and wishing that this had never stopped. This operation may have continued and I remain unconscious for longer. So any case now, then she said to the husband that, look, I have very little time left. My days are numbered. Please, I don't want to die here in this hospital. Take me home. I want to leave in the presence of my family, my children, I don't want to die here in this hospital. So in any case, they got her discharged, they brought her home. Now the husband was, and he's still alive, somebody very, very senior in the work of Dawat and Tabligh in the Jamaat effort in France, and he's among the people of the Shura of France. So now, they have to regularly attend this mashwaras and so on, and his wife was now extremely sick, and there was this mashwara to take place in England, which normally every year takes place, every two, uh, every two years or something takes place, and he has to attend it also being part of the shura. So that was now at the end of that week. So he came to the other brothers and elders of France, and he told them that, look, I can already see the signs of death on my wife. It's a matter of days perhaps, so maybe Allah knows best how long, but it's very clear that now the days are numbered. And I unfortunately will not be able to make it with you all, you'll continue. So they said, obviously, under these circumstances, you attend to whatever the need is now. And they left. 
So they left. Now it was a Friday. The Saturday in England was the Mashwara starting off. So they left on a Thursday night, I think. That's what they, he explained, something of that nature. Any case, he saw them off and he came back home. Now when he came back home, so his wife also was aware that this is Mashwara is going to be taking place in England and every time that this Mashwara takes place, he also goes, whatever else. So any case, when he came home, she asked him that, didn't you go for the Mashwara to England? Or why didn't you go? So he started, now, he doesn't want to tell her directly on her face that I can see now you're dying. How can he just, those are signs obvious, but you always give a person hope. When a person is in a difficult state, a person is ill, a person, you don't start like somebody went to visit a sick person. So now he went to visit a sick person, that person now, he asked him what's the problem, you know, you're not well, so he told him whatever the complication was. Now, whatever the complication was, so he told him the complication to the visitor now, he's saying to him, yes, my uncle had the same problem. And the problem was such that he, it just keeps getting worse. And he lived only for three weeks and then he passed away. Now, this sick person is already two weeks in this illness. Now, this is the consoling words of this visitor. That my uncle had the same problem. And he only lived for three weeks from the time he got sick. So other words, what he's telling him? He's telling him, but your days are numbered now. You've got one week left. You two, maybe three weeks time. Now three, uh, one more week's time, you also pass on. Now is this going to raise that person's hope? It's not going to raise his hope. It's going to make him feel more sick. Whereas, what is necessary is to raise the person's hopes. Don't tell him something negative. What you are going to tell him is not going to change taqdeer. If his time is up, he's going to go. But you are just going to make his heart feel comfortable for the duration that is around. So you are going to get rewarded for that. So why make him feel uncomfortable? Why make him feel despondent? Make him feel positive. Whatever is meant to happen, then will happen still. So any case, this person now didn't want to say this directly to his wife. So he started now. He's, he's looking for something to say. He's looking for words. So he's sort of stammering. saying, uh, uh. So his wife said to him, now she is lying very, very sick there. She is on her deathbed already. And she's saying to him, what uh, are you making? I know what's your problem. Your problem is that you want that when I pass away, that you are around. You want to be at my side when I leave this world. So that is a story. That you want to be at my side when I die. So then listen, that by you being at my side when I am leaving this world is not going to help me in any way. Because you can't do anything for me. Your being at my side is not going to benefit me in any way. But if you are gone in the path of Allah Ta'ala, and if I have to pass away at that time, then that's a sacrifice I'm making also. So I'm making that sacrifice, your being away is going to be of benefit to me. Because right now there's nothing you can do for me. And there's nothing you can benefit me in any way, by being present here. So if you are going to be present, it's not going to help me. But if you are going to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, that is going to help me. And she insisted that he must go now. So now, she's in this condition and she's insisting he must go. So he accepted, finally and relented, and he left. That same evening he left. And he just reached England, and he reached the markas where the mashwara takes place, etc. And the message came from home that your wife has just passed away. Now this was the sacrifice she made, so that 
she could have that higher rank. Now she had a direction. She knew what was her career. Her career was to get closest to Allah Ta'ala. The closest she can. Whatever sacrifice that takes. Any case, this person then relates that the husband was immediately then sent back. It's not a far off flight, long, long flight. He was immediately sent back and due to some whatever other formalities here, the janazah had to be delayed. So quite a few of the satis had also all returned with him. So any case now he returned and the janazah took place. Say that France had never seen such a big janazah. And there were women who had come from hundreds of kilometers away just to be part of her janazah or to, to give their last respects because of the way in which this woman had inspired them over time. While she was still alive, they had come in her company for whatever period of time and she had inspired them towards deen and they became conscious Muslims, they became observant of uh, the laws of deen, they adopted niqab, they became people of haya. And so many good things happened in their lives because of the way that this woman conducted herself. And she was known throughout the circles of the, the pious uh, families, etc., or those who had any inclination to deen because of the way that she had inspired other women. So, they said that there wasn't a janaza, a very, very big masjid in France. That is where the janaza salah took place. It was filled to capacity. There was no place. And one of the things he mentioned thereafter, that at the time of the janaza, one of her daughters, the daughter is sitting very, very calmly and she is smiling. And everybody else is astounded that your mother has passed away. We are so grieved and moved and you are the daughter and you are smiling. This is something very strange. So the daughter replied and said, that for me, today is a day of celebration. It's a day of celebration? Now this is not something that we should make as a rule. But sometimes a person, Allah Ta'ala calms them in such a way, that for that moment, they are in a different plane. They cannot necessarily uh, feel the immediate impact of what has happened. But what was the case here is, she said this is something else. I am in a moment of celebration now. Say why? Says the night or the the day, the day my mother passed away, the night before that. So if she passed away in the morning, the night before that morning, she says my brother saw a dream, and he saw the dream, and that next morning she passed away already. So she probably was already in the last moment. She was already in sakarat by that time. She says my brother fell asleep, and he saw in a dream that Nabi Sallallahu is on the one side and Hazrat Umar ta'ala is on the other side of my mother and they are taking her towards Jannat and Nabi Islam is saying that she is from my family she is from my family she is from my family three times and they are both escorting her to Jannat so this is a moment of celebration for me that my mother is not only being uh, blessed with Jannat but she is being escorted in the company of Rasulullah and Sayyidina Umar and she's been given this glad tiding. This is a dream. It has a lot of significance. It's not something that 
a person can make a basis for some judgment, but a person can take the glad tidings. And in the hadith it comes, the person who has seen Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has indeed seen Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Shaitan cannot adopt the appearance of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, what a glad tiding. What a glad tiding. Where did this come from? It came from the fact that she knew what is her career in life. That her career in life is how to become the best servant of Allah Ta'ala. How to become the closest person to Allah Ta'ala. How to sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed so that the relationship with Allah Ta'ala is enhanced. So that the closeness to Allah Ta'ala is achieved. And that one does not get caught up in the distractions of dunya, in the other things of dunya, but one moves forward in deen. That is the career. So when she understood her career, she understood what is her direction in life, so she sacrificed so many things for it. She gave up her old life completely. She adopted this new life which was the best life that she could have had. Then she made her home a place of deen. She guided her children towards deen. Any person came into contact with her, she passed on deen to them. She sacrificed traveling for the sake of deen, not for the sake of just pastime and holidaying. She made that deen. And then she sacrificed so many things so that even others could be benefiting from her family in terms of deen. So Allah Ta'ala gave her that kind of death. Allah Ta'ala gave those kind of glad tidings and that kind of du'as that these thousands of people thronged from hundreds of kilometers away just to come in, pay their last respects and to give her du'as. So this is the thing for us to realize. Many things are happening out there and that propaganda is ongoing. And like that horse seller, they are telling us all the lies in such a convincing way that we are forgetting the truth. And we are latching onto the lies. And we are feeling now because that lie is a lie, we can't seem to now achieve that. We feel sometimes down, we feel sometimes perturbed, we feel anxious, we feel depressed and whatever else. These are ongoing things which people write up. People discuss that this is my problem and that is my problem. And whereas that problem is out of nothing, there is no problem. The problem only is, the one problem is, we don't know what our real direction is. And we are not aiming for that. We are not directing ourselves to that. But when we will do that, we will see how all the challenges of dunya also will become very easy. And we will be able, able to undertake everything without difficulty. And even the difficult things will still not become something that will be overwhelming. That too will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. Because we, we will be perpetually in a state of shukr and sabr. Shukr and sabr. Shukr and sabr. And in this way we will reach Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala grant us the reality. What is our real object of life? Where we are supposed to be focusing? Allah Ta'ala save us from getting distracted by all the lies of dunya, all the distractions of dunya, Allah Ta'ala keep us going forward towards Him all the time, enable us to make whatever sacrifices are necessary for that purpose. Allah Ta'ala accept one and all. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزى الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين